0: Father, we come before you with grateful hearts. We thank you that you've loved us with a great and eternal love. Mighty God, as we open your word today, I pray that, Lord, the spirit of the living God will speak to our hearts, that, Lord, will be refreshed through your word, and that, Father, even as we pray you grant us a good direction. Thank you, Lord, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to quickly uh, turn our, our Bibles to the book of Jonah. I want to thank God for this rare uh, privilege to share in the word of, of the Lord. Thank you so much, Dr. Rick, for the great work that you've doing through the United Prayer. And uh, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Dwight, and everyone on this uh, family prayer call um, I'm so glad to be part of this great family. As one um, um, man by the name of Martin Luther King, I think we're familiar with him, said that we may have come through different ships, but we are in the same boat now. So I'm excited to be part of this family. And quickly in Jonah chapter one, I would love to read from verse one to four and verse 12. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Job and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare. And went down into it to go with them to Tashish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a great calm. Rather, and there was a great tempest on the sea. So that the ship was about to be broken. Verse 12 says, and he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Um, Being a prayer call, I was almost tempted to share something like uh, the place and purpose of prayer. But then the Lord has placed this word upon my heart, and I've titled this devotion, Something Good About jonah something good about jonah in my preamble i would love to echo one uh, author who said that we are all 10 out of 10 out of something we are all 10 out of 10 out of something this implies that we are all definitely good at something we may have certain weaknesses but most definitely have areas of strengths too. There's a human tendency of amplifying the negatives of individuals rather than the positives. And so Jonah has been among those whom through decades, less positive but negative has been spoken about to an extent where Many even refrain from calling or naming their children after the name Jonah. The Lord showed me in my early Christian years that there was definitely something good about Jonah. Now, the story of Jonah starts when God assigns him to go to Nineveh, but instead he boards a ship headed for Tarshish in Spain they are after the Lord sends a tempest as we heard from uh, uh, the, the scripture and then the Bible says that as Jonah is in the ship he's sleeping in the dock the sailors after noticing this man sleeping they decide to awake him and after they awake him they ask him to call on his God that perhaps his God was going to answer them and that they were going to be saved. Now, when Jonah woke up, he, he, he tells the sailors that it is because of me, and that's why I would love you to throw me overboard. To cut the story short, we, 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 we see Jonah, after the efforts of the sailors, they tried to throw the cargo to lighten the ship. They, 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 they decide to do as Jonah had asked and they pick Jonah and they throw him overboard. And by the mercies of the Lord, the Lord prepares a fish that transports Jonah to the sea shores. Now I want to quickly just point out a few things on Jonah because Jonah most of the times has been defamed. His character has been defamed. People have spoken much, much negative about Jonah. Others have said that Jonah was a coward. Yes, Jonah, as we see in chapter one, we see him running, yes, from uh, the directive overlord, but still, that should not be our conclusion because we see him later on show, showing us some positive traits about him. Now, I want to just point out a few things on Jonah. The first thing that we see is that Jonah does not deny. His faith in front of the pagans. When they woke him up, he told them of the God that he served. Then the second thing we see is that Jonah offered himself to be thrown overboard. Then later on, we see Jonah going back to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a city that was a traditional enemies of the people of Israel. The Jews were traditional enemies of the people of Nineveh. And so but Jonah decides to go there. Despite the danger that might have awaited him, he decides to go there. Now, the the most important thing that we see about Jonah, the thing that we need in the church today, is that Jonah had the ability to turn back to God. He had the ability to repent and turn back to the Lord. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 8, the Lord speaks to Jeremiah. He says, why has these people slidden back? Jerusalem in a perpetual backsliding. They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. The 70 says, even the stock in the heavens know her appointed times. And the turtle dogs, the swift and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgments of the Lord. And so we see that Jonah has this ability that most of us are lacking in the church today. Jonah turns back to the Lord in repentance. Revival tarries most of the times because God's people fail to repent. We need to realize that repentance and revival are inseparably linked. And so if we are to have a revival, the first thing that we need is hearts of repentance. Revival begins with us, as one author said concerning Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah saw the Lord. And when he saw the Lord, Isaiah confessed before the Lord that he was a man of unclean lips. And so he repented. And after repentance, we hear that God sent a seraphim which touched his lips with the coal. And after that, as Isaiah was forgiven, Isaiah is now walking in God's forgiveness and acceptance. And then so now he is ready to go. When the Lord says, whom shall we send? Isaiah saying, Send me, Lord, because Isaiah has repented, because Isaiah has been forgiven, because Isaiah now has the Lord's acceptance in the church today, especially here in Africa. I don't mean other places, but here in Africa, there are many that are hiding in the name of religion. There are many who are on the pulpits today, hiding behind the pulpits. There are many in the church today hiding in the name of Christianity, but very few souls are converted. And that's how come we are failing to experience the revival to the max. Now, what are we supposed to repent from? If we go to to, to Revelations, when the Lord was speaking to John the Apostle in the book of Revelations concerning the churches in Asia Minor. The first thing that the Lord says concerning the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 was that they were to repent and turn back to their first love. We need to repent of a loveless, formal relationship with God. We need to turn back to the first love. Secondly, when the Lord speaks to the church at Pergamum. He tells them in Revelation 2 verse 12 that they were were holding bad teachings. They were holding on to bad teachings. And so we don't have to hold on to these bad teachings. There are many, many teachings that are circulating today, many doctrines, especially in the churches here in Africa. And so for us to experience this revival, we need to turn back from the bad teachings and he also emphasizes toward believers that they need to repent from sexual immorality, not just the immorality that is committed with the body, but also the immorality that is committed with the eyes, with the thoughts, and our minds, the immorality that has crippled the church here in Africa. Then the third thing, he speaks to the church at Taitira in Revelation 2 verse 18. He tells them that they were tolerating the evil one. There was evil, there, were, there, were, there, was, there was an evil one among them and they, they kept on tolerating the evil one. They kept on tolerating the evil one. Then in, in the, the fourth thing in Revelation chapter 3, he speaks to the church at Sardis. He tells them about surface Christianity having a good Christian reputation that does not describe us within. And then he speaks to the church about this year in Revelation three. Now he tells them to repent from lukewarmness. He says, "You are neither cold nor hot, and so I'll speak you out." Now, beloved, today, even as we pray, we need to turn. We need to repent from any other sin that the holy spirit may convict us of and as we repent revival fire will surely fall this is the time this is the hour where the lord wants to do mighty things what the Lord wants to do marvelous things. The Lord wants to touch His church in a different and peculiar way. And so, all that the Lord is asking us is that we turn back to Him, not with our garments, not with anything else, but we turn back to the Lord with our hearts. Amen.